Welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. My name is Ben Jacobson. I am one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. This is a chance for us to root deep in God's Word so that together we can lead lives of unshakable faith. I am here with my colleague, another pastor, Ben, Pastor Ben Sullivan. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. And hey, I actually don't have a cough today. I know, it's amazing. Maybe we'll get through this thing. You have been healed. That's a good, good thing. We have, this summer, we've been going through the Psalms, and not in any particular order. We've just been picking some of our favorites, um, some that are uh, our favorites because they uplift us, some are favorites because they give voice to our laments and, and the things that we're struggling with. Some are favorites because they challenge our heads and our hearts. And, and uh, it's been really fun to do this. And I hope that it's been a blessing to those of you who have been listening, because I know that it's been a blessing to me to, to take time and to really sit with these psalms for, for just a, a little bit of time. There's such beauty, wonder. These are such important um, vehicles for our faith. We can actually use the psalms practically in so many ways as prayers and as songs and as praise. And so the, I, I hope and I pray that this has been for you a journey uh, that has been a good one. If you haven't gone back and listened to some of the other ones, you know, we've covered Psalm 145 and Psalm 23 and Psalm 22. Go back and give those a listen um, because there's so much depth and so much richness there. Ben, today we're going to look at Psalm 8, which is just a short little psalm. It's got nine verses. Uh, and, and one of the things that it talks about is uh, it's talking about the goodness of God, but one of the one of the things it talks about is is infants and how infants can even tell of the goodness of God. You have an infant at home. How have you uh, have you seen God's presence or God's goodness in that infant? Oh, man, there's so many ways that you can count. Um, I think it's been far more of a joyful experience than we could have ever imagined. It's been. Um, a lot less stressful, a lot less, uh, you know, sometimes you hear, oh, you're going to lose all your freedom in having a child and everything. And it's just like, man, for us, that has not proven itself to be true mm. at all. Um, yes, there are nights where you're up, you know, four or five times in the night and you're exhausted. But I mean, just like seeing um, God in our little baby girl, Ruby, uh, she is a baby who loves to smile. Mm. Uh, no matter what, like I even just got her up this morning and, uh, you know, she had been kind of just stirring around for a little bit in the moment that we just locked eyes. She just, the biggest smile I've ever seen, you know, That's and amazing. it's just, oh man, it's just so excited to see your dad and I'm so excited to see her and, um, man, everything else just goes away and, uh, you just get a chance to love her and to hold her and, uh, she's just nice and warm and, uh, just reminds you of why Jesus valued children so much. Mm. Just the humility, the, um, innocence of a child, um, that there's just so simple. And, um, of course there's so much that we can learn from that. Yeah, that's amazing. I, so I could be wrong about this, but I think I remember one of the first times that I saw her, she was smiling. Yeah. And I was amazed because she smiled like really, like she was very, very young. And it wasn't because of me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. She was smiling at something else. But I just remember being amazed that, wow, 
She's she started smiling pretty early. She was laughing at six days old. That's amazing. Yeah, in her sleep is just that is yeah, amazing. Oh my goodness! Don't know what she's laughing at. She doesn't have any idea of anything in the world. But she's probably dreaming about those dad jokes that <laughs> you tell all the time. <laughs> I got Can't some growth from, in that area. Yeah. So. Well, we all have areas of growth. So, uh, and we're gonna grow. Uh, Probably not in dad jokes today, but maybe in, in, our, in our understanding of the presence of God in this world and in our lives. Uh, so we're going to read from Psalm 8. This is from the New International Version. For those of you following along. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be Thanks to God. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. So, Ben, when you hear that, are there words or phrases or, or just little tidbits that stick out to you or questions that you have? Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, ones that came up, you know, to mind, there's a lot that makes sense, you know, the Lord's majesty and, um, you know, considering God's work in human beings and creation. Uh, the verse that stuck out to me the most, I would say, in terms of uh, question, was verse 5, uh, where it says, You've made them a little, them meaning human beings, a little lower than the angels, hmm. and have crowned them with glory and honor. And so, really wondering, what does David mean, you know, when he says that he's made human beings a little lower than the angels? There could be simple, there could be a deeper theological. Hmm. So, looking right at it at, at first, it was mainly just the, the big the bigger question that stuck out sure. um, before I had any recollection of what was, you know, what other people have said about that verse. Sure. You know, for me, I, d- I did not think about this until I was just reading this now, but this, this first four words really stick out to me. Uh, oh Lord, our Lord. And it's this, it's this movement in those two phrases from, uh, Oh Lord, meaning, this big God that's everywhere. General uh, sense. General yeah. sense. And then to our Lord, mm-hmm. uh, which is a relational word. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is not a disembodied somewhere else type of God, but, but we have we are invited to say that's not just a Lord, mm-hmm. but God is my Lord. And I can know him personally. We can know him yeah. personally. So everything that's about to be said is very tangible, very personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's an interesting opening. Um, other things, any other words, phrases, things that stick out to you? Um, well, I mean, there's, you know, 
different cross-references to different passages of Scripture. You know, it talks about uh, creation, you know, uh, you made human beings to rule over the works of your hands, all those different things. So, um, but no, when when you look at the the bigger picture, you know, there are a couple things that really just hone in uh, for me. I think the first was uh, the opening phrase, like you talked about, uh, is the same way that King David closes out the psalm hmm. uh, by saying, "O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth." Word for word, he says it in verse 1, and again, as he closes it out in verse 9. And I, I think this is really just an emphasis as to uh, the main point that he is bringing in this psalm, uh, talking about, uh, again, the personalness of God, the majesty of God, you know, what, what that means to have God be majestic, you know, looking at what does it mean, what is majesty, what does it mean to be majestic? It's God's sovereign power. Uh, his ultimate authority, his dignity, mm-hmm. you know, his greatness, his splendor, and his character. Um, that's really what we are seeing King David as he's just outlining that. Um, this is what I'm going to talk about. And it almost reminds me of, you know, early on in learning, you know, how do you write a sermon? You know, how do you take a text like this and you uh, you preach it? And one of the biggest things that we learned early on is uh, you got to just really have a clear outline. Uh, and I think this, the way that King David outlined this is exactly how we were taught, that you say what you're going to say, mm-hmm. and then you say it, and then you remind them of what you have said. Mm-hmm. And here he just says, hey, we're going to talk about God's majesty. And then he outlines what he means by God's majesty in verses 2 through 8. And then he closes it out in verse 9. Uh, exactly the same way by saying, man, this is what we just heard, mm. and this is what we just talked about. Um, so that's what we do. That's what King David does. I just love that way of doing it. You're just hitting the main point in multiple different areas as you walk through the text. Yeah, and then just rich imagery of, of what the majesty of God looks like. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's almost an invitation to go out and and see that majesty everywhere we go. And I think that's the second thing that came to mind was you get to, um, well, I guess, yeah, we talked about, you know, like through the praise of children and infants, you've established, you know, just, of course, some of the, you know, greatest warriors in terms of faith are children and infants. That's why Jesus valued them so highly. Um, But then you get to verse 3, and that's where we start to really see, you know, how do we see God's majesty? Uh, Many of us have maybe heard this. I just love it. Verse 3, he says, When I consider. Uh, let's pause there. A few years back, I had actually heard someone preach this text in a way I had never heard it before. Mm. And uh, it just uh, it's part of the reason why I started liking this style of you know opening up the Bible and reading it and understanding it and preaching it. And is because you know you can easily read this and say, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, and you just keep reading. But he just paused, you know, almost after a couple words and said, when I consider, let's think about that. When's the last time that you considered like anything? Mm-hmm. Like just to pause, to consider, you have to pause and you have to reflect. Uh, and we are in such a day and age that does not pause, does not reflect. And so I think in many ways, many of us would speak probably say, you know, I don't know how I see the majesty of God. I don't know how I would understand, you know, fully what that means. 
and part of it is just maybe being in a culture that doesn't always appreciate it, you know, not not to say that we wouldn't appreciate it, but we're a part of a culture that is just quickly moving and doesn't like to pause and to reflect and to just think. Hmm. Uh, we were very productive, you know, productivity high. Um, you know, we're almost machines just doing, you know, as much work as we can. But that's the beauty of this is it's it's saying the beauty is not actually in the, all of the hard work. It's good to work hard. We'll see that in a second. But at the same time, it's also good just to pause and reflect. And that's where he outlines then what is it that we consider? He says, your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. He's outlining God's general revelation, how we can experience and know and see and view the majesty, the power, the might of God in what it is that he's made. But then it becomes more personal uh, in verse 4, and then he says, what is mankind, who is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for, uh, you know, that you care for them. Like, who am I that you care for me? Um, and what this is really telling us is that God is mindful of you. Hmm. And God is mindful of me. God cares for you. And God cares for me. You know, sometimes we say things like, well, I'm sure God has a lot more important things on his plate than my problems. Or, you know, um, man, he's got more important things that he could be doing than having to deal with, you know, what I got going on. And so sometimes that even limits our prayer life. It halts us from praying because we think our prayer is not going to make a difference. He's he's out there doing other other things, you know, he's got planets and stars. And although that's true, uh, when we look at this verse, it reminds us that, no, he actually doesn't have more important things that he's doing. Uh, he's actually not too busy uh, to deal with our problems and everything that we going on. But it's actually a delight for him. He's saying, who is mankind that you are mindful of them? You actually care for them. Uh, and that just shows, you know, we wonder what the word sovereign means. The word sovereign means that God is higher than any of us could ever imagine, that he's able to orchestrate planets and stars and all of that in motion, while at the same time uh, he is fully intertwined with every detail that I got going on in my life. Mm. Um, I didn't plan, you know, plan to talk about this, but it came to mind as, as we're talking. Uh, there's a song by the band Skillet. You know, I always grew up and I listened to that band a lot. And... Uh, the way that he says it in their song, Stars, he says, if you can hold the stars in place, then you can hold my heart the same. Hmm. And it's just like, man, that's exactly, I think, when David is talking about that. Uh, he is high, he is above everything that we know, and yet he is low, uh, even to this lowly place of, you know, do I ever, if I ever wonder, man, would God ever actually care about that? Like, does he actually care about that? Uh, the answer is yes. He, he does care about those things. And sometimes I need correction because I'm, you know, overthinking about something that maybe I need to just trust in him more or just, you know, surrender those things. But he does care about those things, and he wants us to to bring those things to him. Yeah, when I, so when I read the, that line, when I consider your heavens, uh, the question that came to my mind was, do I consider? Mm. Do I consider? Not when your, I, but do I? <laughs> do I? And mm. of course I do but not often enough and not regularly enough. Um, there was this moment, a call, probably earlier in this summer when, I don't know if you saw this, but the Northern Lights were out in in our area, which is 
very, very rare. And we were going to sleep and we remembered that they were out there. So we got up and went out on our deck and looked up at the sky and we were able to see them. Mm. And that was this moment of, whoa, mm. the world is huge. The, the universe is huge. Who am I? And what is my life? And then to realize that, that God cares about the stuff going on in the sky and the stuff going on in my heart and in, in my mind life, and yeah. in my life. And, and I think, you know, I, I think that one, this is almost an invitation into Sabbath, mm-hmm. into, into stopping and, and saying the stuff on my plate is important. Yes, of course but let's make sure that God is in the midst of that, which he is. But sometimes I don't see it until I stop to consider it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, for all of us to regularly pause and to consider the work of God's heavens and the earth and the moon and the stars and to let those things not just be things of beauty, but actually be reminders of the presence of God in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our world, our community, our lives, you know, right now, today, we're dealing with all sorts of things that we don't understand. There's heaviness. Everybody's got their own personal worries and their personal grief. And there's just so much. And and if we let that, if we let the news, if we let the the things that are in front of us be the only things that, that are on our minds and in our hearts, all of us are going to be so overwhelmed because mm-hmm. we can't handle it on our own. Mm-hmm. So to stop and to consider that God who is present in the northern lights and the stars, and the, mm-hmm. you know, who created these things is there in the midst of everything else yeah. is, is an important thing. So I don't know how you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if sometimes it's, it's, it happens when we just, we see something amazing like northern lights. But how do you regularly stop and consider God's work? How do you do that? It makes me think of, so when uh, Jade and I were getting married, we uh, had part of our premarital session with Pastor Paul. And one of the words that he used for, you know, hey, having a long, lifelong successful marriage is the word uh, intentionality. Mm. You have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're asking, like, how do I do this? And if I'm being completely honest, uh, I do not actually always do this well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a youth retreat the last two days here, and it was just incredibly restful. And uh, a lot of our youth team just got to go be on the lake for a little bit and just uh, envision stuff for fall time and um, everything that's to come. But part of what we did was just spend time in the Word, and um, we were looking at a passage in Jeremiah, I think it was chapter 8, Jeremiah 6 or Jeremiah 8, and... Um, I think just in looking at the the passage and reflecting on it, I think I was just honestly made aware of all the times, even recently, where um, the things, you know, I'm not so much consumed with all that's going wrong in the world, although that is a huge piece. You know, we've had a lot going on in our world, even our community with, you know, loss of, uh, you know, Jake Walleen, our police officer in, in mm-hmm. town, and that's just been such a heartbreak. And um, but even just like other things that I enjoy, I've noticed that I sometimes just enjoy them more than God. Hmm. Um, 
And I think that it was just a realization that it's not just that God, I can, you know, have something where I'm considering God and these things at the same time, but I actually kind of came under some conviction where I was like, I feel like my consideration of God has actually been replaced for my consideration of a lot of other worldly things, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a call, you know, where I'm like, hey, you know what? This is a acknowledgement of something I'm recognizing that I need to acknowledge, you know, repent of, whatever, that you, however you want to say it, and it's true. And uh, it was also the invitation of, you know, how can I uh, receive that invitation of not just considering all these other things, but how can I recognize that God is number one? And he is, as, you know, David says, our Lord, he's majestic, that life is found in him. Yes, we can enjoy other things. Uh, yes, there's other things going on in our life, but if life doesn't begin and end with the Lord, um, everything else just uh, gets out of place. And so maybe not the answer you were expecting, but it's it's mainly just like, man, that's how I've really seen that uh, play out in my life, and, and that's the awareness that mm-hmm. I found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I lo- yeah, that word intentionality is, uh, and that's why I go to, to Sabbath, because Sabbath is regular, yeah. right? Or it should be. And probably for most of us, that's a, a place of growth mm-hmm. and work. Um, interesting to say that Sabbath is a place of work. What I mean is... To prioritize. To prioritize. Uh, yeah, to right? make it intentional. And, and when we do that, you know, when we, we're Jesus' first church, when we make Jesus number one, uh, which doesn't happen naturally, we need to make the conscious effort of doing that. But then everything else. So... Verse 6 makes a little bit of a shift from this kind of wondering uh, to to some interesting um, direction about our purpose as human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost takes us back to Genesis and to the garden and to uh, the, the, the invitation that God makes to human beings to, to work alongside him in this world. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think... Uh, you know, you look at all of that, and it stems from that verse 5 that we talked about at the beginning, you know, that uh, you've made them, human beings, a little lower than the angels. You know, hearing different perspective, you know, what does that passage, what does this verse mean? It, it's not belittling human beings, mm-hmm. uh, but it's actually lifting them up. Like, think about angels, angelic beings. These are high beings that God has created for heaven. Mm-hmm. And David is saying, you've made them just a little lower then the angels, you've crowned human beings with glory and honor. Um, so he's actually uplifting the value of human beings. You know, not all of Scripture does that. Sometimes we, you know, have to acknowledge, hey, we're fallen, we're broken, we're short, you know, we haven't matched up. Uh, but David at this point, you know, in the text is saying, hey, there is value there. And one of the ways that we see that God has valued us is shown through verse 6 through 8, that he has made us rulers over the works of, you know, uh, our hands that God has put everything under uh, our feet, you know, flocks, herds, the animals in the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths, that um, God has created us to uh, shepherd the earth, to take care of the earth, to be over and above everything else that he has made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's just a, a beautiful thing that it shows the value of human beings and how that's played out in the responsibility that he gives us, like you uh, and I were talking about earlier, to partner with God in the work that he is wanting to carry out in the world that he created. 
Yeah, to partner with him in, in caring for what he has made and to partner with him in the redemptive work that he has begun mm-hmm. in Jesus. I mean, that is the invitation for us as as human beings, and what an amazing thing to be invited into. Mm. Where is where is Jesus in the midst of this psalm? I love the question. Uh, every psalm that we look at, every passage that we look at, we should be asking, where is Jesus? Um, let's go back to... Um, what is mankind? Who is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Jesus is mindful of you. Jesus cares for you. The question I think that that led me to think is, am I mindful of him? Um, Jesus is mindful of me. Man, there's never been a moment where he's not been faithful to meet every one of my needs. Uh, that he is been unfaithful in carrying out any promise that he has made. Uh, he is always faithful. Uh, but then the question is, how about me and my response? You know, the text doesn't always put all this pressure, you know, on me necessarily, but it, it does pose the question, am I mindful of him? And uh, I think that plays out into, you know, even what I shared earlier, and it's it's the, you know, sometimes I'm mindful of him, but I kind of disregard that part of my life so that I can spend time thinking about other areas, but it's really the, um, when I am mindful of him, uh, pause and, yeah. and spend some time with him then, and don't let that thought, it's kind of like the, you know, if you think a good thing about someone, don't just think it, speak it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in this, maybe that's the invitation, you know, for us, like, if you think about the Lord, that's great. Don't just think about the Lord, though. Like, what is what what is He leading you to next? Spend some time with Him. Uh, if the Lord has placed something on your heart to to do something for somebody, you know, it's one thing to think about it. That's great. Uh, how can you bring that thought into action to carry out God's work in your life and in the lives of other people? And so, uh, th- I think that is the invitation of bringing Jesus into the text, bringing Jesus into. Um, really being intentional on when we are mindful of him um, to 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 carry out what it is that he's doing. And then to bring Aries, make it, you know, be intentional about uh, organizing and orchestrating our life in a way that helps us to be mindful of him. You know, open up a Bible next to your nightstand. Um, listen to Christian music, you know, maybe listen to... The deeply rooted podcast, you know, or, or <laughs> thanks for that. Hey, yeah, uh, or the Bible app, you know, or Hollow app that reads, you know, scripture to you. It's surrounding yourself. Make sure you're in worship. It's surrounding yourself with people and with ways that are very tangible of encouraging you in your faith journey and helping you to think about Jesus. If I'm constantly, I don't have a Bible in my home. If I'm not going to worship, uh, if I, you know, am not listening to Christian music, if I'm not having godly conversations with people on a regular basis, then I'm actually not even getting to the first step, which is to be mindful of him. Mm. So it's just helping, you know, how can I take steps to really be mindful of him and invite people in my life who are going to help help that to become a reality? I want to close with a challenge to our listeners. So there's the invitation, mm-hmm. and here's the challenge. And I'm going to do this too. <laughs> and this seems really small but I want you to try it today. Fortunately for us today, it's a beautiful day. If you're listening to this eight months from now, it might not be beautiful, but it's beautiful in its own way, wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, stand outside 
for 60 seconds and don't say anything and don't think about what you have going on or what's coming next, but look around at the world that God made. Consider Mm. his work. 60 seconds. Let's give it a try. And then read that psalm again and uh, wrestle with it because it's only in relationship with God that that we figure out when when we ask who God is. Mm then we start to discover who we are too. Mm. So let us uh, close today. Oh Lord, how majestic is your name Mm -hmm. in all of the earth. Amen. Amen. Want to invite you to be back with us again next week. We'll consider another psalm and we'll take time to dive in deep. Uh, Don't forget to like, to share, to subscribe, to, to send this to someone who who might need to hear a a good word about God's presence in their life and in this world. And in the meantime, don't forget to stay deeply rooted.